Hello and welcome to Convo Drop. I'm your host, Saeed Ahmed. Now, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the recent announcements of the A7S III and many movies which were also announced, such as Sonic the Hedgehog and Death in the Family. Also, it was Eid recently, so I'm going to be talking about the differences between this version of Eid and the last Eid. So, without further ado, let's jump right into it. So Sony announced their new camera, the A7S III, as recently. For those that don't know, the way Sony lines up their four-frame lineup is very simple. So you have the A7, the A7S, and the A7R. So the A7 is for everything, so photos and video. The S series is more tailored towards video, and the R series is more tailored towards photos. So this means that the S series will have lower megapixels, whereas the R series will have very high megapixels and the A7 series will just be in the middle. So it's very simple like that. A lot of people tend to use the for YouTube and they even use the regular A7 series for YouTube as well. You very rarely find someone using the R cameras for YouTube, which is weird but understandable. The R series is not really made for video, it's primarily for photos, that's why you have stuff like a flash sync built into it. So, it's also, no matter of fact of the price tag, is so high, not a lot of YouTubers are willing to pay that. Whereas the A7 series and the A7S series will have a lower price tag, which is more, which is more easy to digest for YouTubers. And that's completely understandable. So in terms of specification, you have a 12 megapixels BMS CMOS sensor. So the reason why you would have a low megapixel sensor in a primarily film camera is because of the low light capabilities. So the more pixels you have, the more megapixels, the harder it is for low light. And so the lower your megapixels are, the easier it is in low light. And that is why people tend to use cameras which has low megapixels for say night photography or say filming. In fact, Ari Alexas, which are the the cameras which are used primarily in say production for a film like The Avengers, use uh, very low megapixel cameras. So say about eight megapixels. That's how they will be. One amazing thing that you'll find in this camera is that. It has a fully articulating screen, so it won't just go down and up, but it'll also go to the side and rotate. That is something new to Sony cameras, we never really saw that in any of the cameras until recently, so hopefully now that will be present in every single version of the cameras, maybe the A7 IV, the A7R5 will have those now, which will be great, and hopefully they'll put that into the mirrorless APS-C lineup, which, by the way, I use that lineup. So hopefully we can find that in those cameras, but until then, it's only the A7S III. The ISO range for this camera is very high. So you have an AE at the lowest, which then goes up to about uh, 102, 400, wait, 100, 102,400. And then that is expandable to 40 to 409. 1600. In terms of ISO range, that's actually very, very good. But most likely, usability will be different. Like, say, if the highest on that ISO range won't actually be usable. That's probably the case. But you won't, I won't probably know until I actually get hands on with it or see reviews a bit more. So, hopefully, um, by now, because it's first uh, of August um, the reviews for that camera will be already out by now so if you're wondering how that camera would perform go onto YouTube type in A7S3 review and reviews for that will be all up so people like Seri Dichi, um, Kai Wong, Jawa um, Undern and Matty Hipoyo would already done reviews on it uh, I think I Justine also done her review recently on that as well. So if you're wondering what the reviews say and what the performance is like, go check out their videos because they know more because they actually have the camera in hand. So 4K capabilities is actually quite impressive. You have 120p 
and 60p now in this article it says at least an hour but i actually believe that it is unlimited there are no record limited limits at all but definitely check out i justine seridici gerald Pol poland uh, gerald undone uh, Matty Poyer's videos because they would definitely know more about this section. Uh, in terms of raw capabilities, you have 16-bit raw output up to 60p, 10-bit 42 internal capture including Kodak's H265 and or IH264. 5-axis stabilization is also present in the camera, so that is very normal for cameras nowadays to have ever since the A6500, which is the camera right after the current one that I have, the A6300. So every camera nowadays will have five axis stabilization in in them. So it's annoying for me because my A6300 doesn't have that, but well. Um, the five axis stabilization in the A7S3 isn't as strong as the Canon R5, which is good. So that means you won't get that weird wobble, but you might get some jitters here and there. So if you want to get absolutely none, I recommend just getting the gimbal. The cameras will also include dual card slots. Now these card slots accept both SD cards and CF Express Type A. So for those that don't know, similar to how old Sony cameras would accept master dual cards and SD cards is basically like that. But instead of master duo, it is CF Express Type A, which is a new form of express memory. So that will have higher write speeds and SD cards which will be very useful for someone, say, uh, photographing the Olympics next year. So that is what this will primarily be used for. Um, it also help in raw video capture. So if you're filming a Hollywood movie for, say, Netflix or something, it will take a lot quicker to write down all that data to the card. The reason why you would want to is for redundancy, so say if one card fails, you have the backup card right there with all the information on it. So a lot of people oftentimes use a CF Express for the standard one and then an SD card for the backup. So that's what people will do half the time. You are able to also just overlap the storage. So say if one card gets full, stop for the next one. But I recommend actually using that redundancy method. So say if one SD card or CF Express card see you have a backup right underneath then which is going to work now the camera price is quite a lot now this is three thousand five hundred pounds or dollars so this is definitely a high price to pay but is primarily for someone that is going to do something professional so say Sarah DG, I just D, Mighty Apoya, Jarrod Under and Jarrod Poland those type of people who are in the professional sphere of video creation so that is what it's going to be tailored towards. This camera is going to be tailored towards those type of people. Now you are able to buy the older models for a lot cheaper. So maybe if you want to get into YouTube with a better camera, say something similar to this, get the A7S2 with the R3, or you can get your hands on the A7 III, or the A7 II, or the A7, or the A7S1, or the A7R1. So or the A7R2, like you have those cameras available, but if you want something smaller and more easy to take around with you, get the A6000 series. So the A6000 series includes the A6000, the A6100, the A6300, the A6400, the A6500, the A6600. Those cameras are very useful, and even the A65 and the A6600 include 5-axis stabilization, which the other ones do not. The A6500 600 is definitely the best out of the whole lot because it has a bigger battery it also includes no record limits and it's these cameras also use the e-mount so any four frame lenses you can use on these cameras you can also use APS-C camera lenses on full frame but it will be cropped in that's the only problem but it does make it a lot easier to know that you have these options at hand if you're just curious about how this camera works, I definitely recommend going into YouTube and finding out what those YouTubers say. So that's I Justine, Sarah Gigi, Mahia Poya, Jarrod Undern, Jared Poland, 
CarW, those type of YouTubers would definitely have their hands on this camera already. So make sure to go check out their videos on the camera if they're not out yet. So they most likely are out because it's always first, so it's, a lot of the videos are going to be out already. When it comes to movie releases, Sonic the Hedgehog is getting a sequel. Paramount does have a movie slotted for July 22nd, 2022. Now, we know for a fact that the sequel to the Sonic the Hedgehog film that came out early this year, February 14th, will be getting a sequel in 2022. But right now, we don't know exactly when the date is. Speculations are around July 22nd because of an untitled animation release slot for it. Um, that's just guesswork at the moment. No one knows exactly when it is in the film, Dr. Eggman. Now, this is spoilers, so if you haven't watched the film, stop this podcast and just go watch the film because you do not want this to be spoiled for you. So, Dr. Eggman is there on... A different planet and he's you know this is just after Sonic just beat him and sent him through the warp ring and and he says while gathering up everything he could um, he should be there back to planet earth by Christmas so the speculations are that it's either going to be somewhere in November ish but Given by this this time slot, it may come early. Now, in terms of casting wise, most likely the cast from the original film will be coming over, and that means that the voice actor for Tails at the end of the film will also be in that movie. So, in terms of whether or not with Doctor Eggman, what his plans will be, hope I'm hoping that he'll create some type of Metal Sonic type of thing, maybe. You know, something that would just bring more hype. Like, I think what you need to do now with the second film is just go more into the games, say, bring in other characters slowly but slowly. Like, no one needs to know about Knuckles yet. Bring him in when you're going to, say, do the do the Sonic Avenger stories. So, you have the original Sonic film, which is, came out in February of this year. Then you have this new Sonic Central film. Then you have the Sonic Central 3 film, which will cover the Adventure 1 game. And then you have the Adventure 2 game, which will be covered in the fourth film. So that is hopefully what will happen. Fingers crossed. That is what will happen. But in terms of who should actually play these characters, my guess is that if they're going to do Metal Sonic, I hope to God that they get GL White to do it. Um, for those who don't know, he's the guy that did the original voice acting for Sonic in the 90s cartoon, Saturday Mo- Sonic's Saturday Morning cartoon, and The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. Now, originally, he was going to be in um, in Sonic Generation for the voice of Classic Sonic, but they were unable to do it, so, yeah. Um, I'm surprised he didn't bring him in for Sonic Forces, but oh well. Now, that is all... I know so far. Um, that's all we know actually, like on the internet at the moment. There's no leaks or anything. We won't know until next year about the leaks and everything. So, fingers crossed that the design that they use for the current film will be used in the second film. Um, I hope that they don't really radically change the design. It should be very easy. Uh, maybe they'll bring in the Chaos Emeralds into this, hinting at it. But we won't know until then. Now, I saw the original film on release. So, I went on my own to the theatres on February 14th to watch this film. And I have to say, for a video game film, it's actually really good. Especially compared to a lot of the other ones out there. Say, Detective Pikachu, a lot of people thought the Sonic Central film were bomb because of the track record Sonic has. But, thank God it didn't. This film was actually a lot better than a lot of other video game based films. Instead of going deep into the video game aspect, it tried to keep it more family oriented. Um, they kept 
Sonic's whole characteristics being a child in with superpowers in another world. And that was a good aspect of it. So they definitely look more towards the immature aspect of Sonic and then most likely have the character grow over time in other films. Uh, just mature over into, say, the modern era Sonic where he just quips and stuff like that. Um, I hope that we eventually get Supersonic, though, in the later films, but we won't know until they come out. Now, when it comes to the games, we haven't really seen anything so far this year, other than the Sonic Central Twitter just posting stuff. We really don't know what's happening with the Sonic Central games. Now, next year will be the 30 year anniversary, so hopefully we'll get some type of remake of say an adventure game or something in the Avengers style. I am very, very upset with the amount of classic games coming out. I personally prefer the modern style games, mostly the adventure or the boost formula. Hopefully they can combine the two together and actually get something good like the fan made games have done. They've combined the boost formula with the adventure formula and made something really good. Hopefully Sega could actually take that and make something great because Sonic Team does not know what they're doing with the series anymore. I have to say the possibility of this game being good is meh. I do hope it will be good because Sonic Forces was horrible, right? I had so much hype for that game and it was just gobsmackingly awful. Like the gameplay itself was short. Levels were very short. The characters were either heavy, if you're looking towards the modern Sonic style, or very light with Classic Sonic, and then you have the custom-made character, which was just right. And I don't like the custom-made character. I don't play Sonic games to have a custom-made character. I play it to be Sonic the Hedgehog. If I could play, I say, Blaze, Shadow, or other characters in the mythos, or the cast of Sonic the Hedgehog, I would like that, but I don't play modern Sonic games to say play as a custom character or classic Sonic. If I wanted to play classic Sonic, I would have played, I would have played Sonic Mania. Now I am still playing Sonic Mania because it's the only good game that came out that year. And it's sad to say that Forces was a very, very badly rushed game. It isn't as bad as say Sonic 06, but they could have just put in the oven for a little bit longer. The film though was a great eye opener to why I love the series. It definitely made me happy as a Sonic fan, although it did annoy me in certain aspects where say the dancing, instead of the dance that we saw in the trailer we had a Fortnite dance that annoyed me. I did like some certain easter eggs in the movie that came up from the game, say at, right at the end with the Green Hill Zone theme. Um, so at the start with the logos and everything, I love the references. Um, Sonic reading the Flash comic as well with a nice little joke right there. Um, now for those who don't know, there's a been a debate among comic book and video game fans about who's faster, the Flash or Sonic. You have that, and then you have um, the crazy guy. Um, I think his name Crazy Earl um, with a Sonic drawing, and that was. Absolutely funny. It, I, I love how Sega treats their fans and how much they respect them. But when it comes to the games, they could definitely get the fans to make them instead of, say, Sonic Team. A lot of people know DC for a lot of things. One thing that they're very well known for is their animated stuff, so animated TV shows and movies. So, as recently, they announced. Batman The Death in the Family, which is an interactive movie. Now, surprisingly, this is after 10 years from the original Batman Under the Red Hood, which came out in 2010. And in this 2020 version of Batman The Death in the Family, they're actually using the same art style. So you're going to go down the path of Under the Red Hood, or you go under the path of Hush, or something to do with Red Robin, which isn't very new. It's more like Red Hood, but under the mask of Red Robin, which if you guys don't know, Red Robin is actually Tim Drake in the comics, and it's totally different from what it should be. And the storyline of Hush does make sense, 
but I don't understand why they're doing this. To be honest, I think that Under the Red Hood was such a great movie. A lot of the writers that they have for the animated movies, they should really bring over for the live action stuff because honestly, I think Batman's live action stuff isn't as good as the animated stuff. When was the last good DC film? Other than Wonder Woman, the last one was Dark Knight Rises in 2012, Christopher Nolan. DC hasn't done very well with the current line of movies and only the Wonder Woman series is only doing good. The Batman movie that's currently in development, we don't know how good that will be but given by how Man of Steel and Batman v Superman and Justice League reaction was and not only that but also Suicide Squad and the current and the recent uh, Birds of Prey movie is so, so bad. They should really just focus more on something better. Like honestly, the animated movie, the animated universe movies that they've done for the last few years were a lot better than their live action stuff. Like they did the entire Flashpoint storyline in the animated movies and I'm surprised they didn't just start off with that with the live action like don't get me wrong Henry Cavill as Superman is great but the writer and the director Zack Snyder is not a comic book fan he does not know anything about the comic books that was clear with his depiction of Batman Batman using guns is such a no for many fans <laughs> although Ben Affleck as Batman was a good choice but I don't like the use of guns. Like the only Batman who uses guns is Thomas Wayne and that is in an alternate universe. Ease was on July 31st and I have to say it was something. It definitely was different compared to the last Ease where we literally did nothing. Right, we we quarantined for 14 days prior and then we met down my nan's house because all the mosques were closed so we had to do the Eid prayer at my nan's house with my uncle leading the prayer. So after that, um, obviously said hello to my nan and everything and then we went back home. We just stayed at home. That was it. Now, for those who don't know, my family literally lived around me so it's fine. Um, we were about to run into each other anyway if we go out shopping. So, but this Eid was completely different. Unlike last Eid where all the mosques and everything were closed during the mid of the lockdown, it was around near the end, so it was fine. Um, this time it was different. The mosques were open, but we had social distancing involved. We had to bring our own prayer mats. We had to wear face masks, um, put our shoes in the bag and then bring it in with us. Because normally in the mosque you don't wear your shoes in there. That's the difference. But the, the mosque that I went to this time was completely renovated. So it was kind of sad to see that, you know, this really nice mosque which was great lighting, mind you. It was absolutely beautiful. It was going to waste because of this pandemic, right? It was such a good mosque, I have to say. Um, now obviously we had social distancing in the mosque. Um, they took our name and then our phone number just in case a lot of businesses are doing that due to the fact that if someone gets COVID then they tell everyone that was in there during that day to quarantine um, it, it was very weird um, they opened up for not only Eid demise but because it was on a Friday they also opened up for the Friday prayer which had very few people literally about um, I would say 16 people in, in the room which had like 6 feet apart from each other and then you had to go row by row out keep in mind you brought your own print mat shoes in the bag face mask so that in play um, I have to say when it came to the family um, party very few people were there um, not the whole family, it's just the main family with her, immediate family was there. No cousins from like, no like second cousins or anything. It was just the main, main family. 
I did get some good photos, so that was quite good. Um, the lighting was meh. Halfway through the day, it was meh. But can't really do much with that. One thing I have to say though was, it was weird that we, that businesses around that area, which we normally attend to during Eid, like cash bears or something like that, we weren't able to go to. And that was kind of weird. It was, meh. What are you going to do? We would oftentimes go out to eat sometimes, but we couldn't do that. Um, certain people that normally would come down didn't come, so that, that was kind of weird as well. Um, it was a, basically a boring day. Not really much to do. I basically slept like at the end of the day. Um, I have to say though, in terms of how this eat go went, definitely a lot more better than, say, the previous Eid. The previous Eid was basically, it was Eid for like a few hours and it was basically a normal day. That was it. That was totally it. And then this Eid came around, felt a little bit more traditional Eid, but not, not really. Does that make sense? Um, obviously, if you're this far in, you probably don't know what Eid is. Eid is a Muslim holiday. Basically like our Christmas. And if you can tell by this point, I am Muslim, so. The day was very mundane. It was a Monday day, right? I literally could have got more done if I was at home, but it was the only time I'll see this family during the time of this lockdown. Uh, it's, I shouldn't, we shouldn't have met up, but because numbers are very low at the moment, it's fine. I wouldn't suggest doing this if you're in America because of your numbers, it's so high per population. And I really wouldn't have done this, but I guess I had no choice in the matter, really. You know, I, I honestly did not have any choice. It was nice to see the family, that's for sure. Very nice to see them all. Now the photo I took of the family was great. They were amazing images, the lighting and everything was quite good. The one problem that I would say I would have because of taking family photos is that you can't really post them on online. They're very, they're very, um, how should I put this? Uh, protective of the family members and everything. Like I'm the only, I think I'm the only one in the family with a public Instagram account and that kind of puts them off. They don't want like the everyone else in the family to be seen. So having these amazing portraits taken and, you know, all rendered out and everything, I, I wish I could publish this, but I just can't due to the fact that, you know, it would be immoral to do this. Like, I don't want to be... I don't want to be reprimanded for this. That's the problem. I don't want to be reprimanded at all. If I took photos of my friends and my brother, that'd be fine. But because I, these are my cousins, I don't want to do it. You know, I need the permission from my auntie because these kids are like quite young and everything. Now, obviously, because they're my cousins, it's easier to take photos of them and like experiment with lighting and everything. So it's perfectly fine for experimenting and improving the photography. As long as I don't publish those photos, it's fine. You know, that's, that's honestly how I've been improving a lot. It's just taking portraits and just pictures of random stuff around my house or say family members whenever we meet up. And that's how I kept improving. And this Eid is no, no difference because every Eid I always take portraits and that is how I kept improving my portraits because Eid, because I have a larger family and taking portraits is a good skill to have you know taking portraits of the family members and constantly improving every year is good now i do have friends and my that i take photos of and obviously my brother who i take photos of as well so those taking portraits of them you know that also helped me in the long run you know the days after eid is became rather normal right it doesn't feel like we're in the middle of a pandemic Right now, it, it just doesn't feel like it. And that's weird. I know we're in the middle of a pandemic and I shouldn't be going out or anything, but it doesn't feel like it. That's, that's the weirdest thing for me. 
because my city has a very low population. It's not as big as London or Manchester or anything. We're we're quite unknown when it comes to the entire country. Like we have the we're in Wales and we have the an an English name. We have an English name for our city, but everywhere else in Wales has a Welsh name. You know, you have Cardiff, which is basically Welsh, and then you have Newport, which it sounds so stereotypical. It's like Springfield, you know. You find those anywhere. If I say I'm from Newport, you don't know if I'm saying if I'm from Newport in New York City or Newport the village or Newport, you know, wherever. That's the problem with some with that name like Newport. Like our Welsh name, Casnaweth, is so much better. But we don't use it for some reason. I don't know why the council don't use it. We don't really have much in terms of tourist attractions either. Now, when it comes to Eid, that is a problem because there's not really much you can do on Eid, and especially in Newport. It's not, you can't really go anywhere. Like, that's the limitation of having Eid in a city which is very unknown, doesn't have anything, it's very mundane city itself. It's astonishingly shocking how, how little there is to do. A lot of people hate Newport in that aspect because even though it's good to live in because of the low, uh, low prices of in the city and everything, but you have to go either to London, Manchester, Bristol, Birmingham, Cardiff to do something. It's not really anywhere that you could go within the city that has fun. There are some nature reserves within the city. But the said nature reserves aren't going to be really fun for a lot of people. For someone like me who does photography, it's very exhilarating to take photos of nature like that. You know, you're in the element, you may find something really lovely. The lighting, how it goes through the leaves, and bounces off the barks of the trees and everything. It's, it's great for photos. But not very great for, you know, friends hanging out and stuff like that. And that's a problem that a lot of people have within Newport. And the Muslim population within Newport is very big, to be honest. But I, when it comes to the Muslim population, I think we're the only ones which has a halal KFC. I don't really see a lot of halal KFCs within Cardiff or anywhere else in Wales. You'll find a lot of them in England, but you don't. I, don't, I think it's mainly in Newport when it comes to Wales. Although one good thing that Newport has is Mindy Festival, but it's never on Eid. I noticed I never had, I never went to a Mindy Festival where it's on Eid, and Eid and Mindy Festival together would have been such a good combination. But because you know Eid is based on the phases of the moon and everything, it changes every month. So, unlike Mindy Festival, which is like designated to one particular month, Eid always changes. So. There's a chance there might be a Eid in winter, Eid in autumn, Eid in spring, Eid in summer. You know, it changes every single time. Every year it changes. So it, it definitely has more potential to get different votes every time it comes around. Unlike Christmas, which, you know, typical Christmas scene is like um, red and green, snowy, mistletoe, whereas Eid is constantly changing. So you may have an Eid where it's snowing, you may have an Eid where it's raining, blah, 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 blah. You know, it doesn't really, it doesn't really like to see, but that's like what Eid is, like the, the nomad of the holidays, you know. It doesn't stick to one particular day. It always changes. I think when it comes to Eid, especially, every single country does it differently. Eid in the U.S., it's different to eat in the UK. Eat in the UK is different to eat in Bangladesh or Pakistan. And it's, those eats are very different compared to see, the ones in the Middle East, like in uh, Saudi Arabia, for instance, or Iraq. You know, eat there is going to be way different, right? Because that's how this, it, cause it impacts on the society. Society impacts it. I would definitely say that. Certain families have... You, uh, traditions which they do on Eid but I ha- my family doesn't really do much and I think that's the that's a deal breaker for me 
I would love one Eid. Oh, for Eid, I would definitely love it if we went somewhere nice. Like, say, to a different, say London for Eid or something. But we're not going to do that. I know that for a fact. The only thing that I hope that I get by the time next Eid comes is more better photography equipment, maybe some strobes, better lenses and stuff like that. Because the equipment I have at the moment isn't as great as I want it to be. So it, hopefully by the time next the next Eid arrives, I'll have all my equipment upgraded and everything so I can take even better photos. You know, that's one thing that Eid is for me is the opportunity to get some really great portraits in and see how far I've come in terms of my portrait skills. You know, that's kind of why it is to me at the moment. It's examination of my portrait taking skills and stuff like that. How resilient and tolerant I am of how my family behaves around Eid because it's quite hyperactive especially with the little ones I I definitely say that that's one thing that that it definitely makes Eid a little bit more fun but once I'm done taking the photos it turns back to mundanity and that's that's the worst thing about holiday. A holiday where it, it's fun for one second or say an hour or so and then it goes back to mundanities. I think that's very much the same with a lot of families and their holidays. Like say for Christmas for example, a lot of people may find that very mundane, very boring, not very exciting, but you know, that's kinda of how it is for 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 me. For Eid especially. we don't really do Christmas, I wish we did, but uh, what you can do, you can't really do much with that, can you? What are you gonna do? <laughs> One thing I definitely wish that we did more on Eve is definitely be more accepting of meeting photos <laughs> because it's it's quite difficult to get photos of the family members because a lot of them would definitely decline. In fact, a lot of the Eve's they have declined taking photos. A lot of them take ages getting ready, and that's annoying thing. Like, it's Eid. I thought you'd be ready by now, but oh well. Like, I don't expect you to be ready but in the morning, because, you know, that's t- by that time we're in the mosque and, you know, praying away and everything. But by the time it's, like, after 12 o'clock or something, you should at least start getting ready. And by 4, 3, you should be completely ready, but a lot of people are not. You know, that's that's the case for my family. Uh, it might be different for your family, but I don't know. That's just how the case is for me. One thing I started doing now is anytime I'm bored, say on a religious holiday or anything, I just start watching anime. Like, I, I wouldn't re- recommend watching anime with family around because a lot of anime are weird. Like, some are very gory, like, say, ReZero. I wouldn't watch ReZero among family members because of how gruesome certain scenes are. I definitely would recommend it, but the storytelling is really good. So I do recommend in that aspect. But if you're quite squeamish when it comes to, say, gore, especially, now, even though it's animated, they still kind of... They go more out with the with animation when it comes to gore than, say, live action. Like, there's not... When it comes to ease, especially... Um, back onto the topic um you don't find a lot of shows which revolve around Eid whereas Christmas you have a lot of movies a lot of tv show specials around it but for Eid you don't mainly due to the fact that it's constantly changing and you know it is sad that we don't really get a lot of tears in terms of like media you have like social media posts like Eid Mubarak and stuff like that, but you don't see a lot of movies being made up centered around Eid. Like you don't see, like say the cast of East East or something making an Eid special, or say Citizen Khan making an Eid special. But that's the weird thing as well. Citizen Khan, where the cast is all Muslim, make a Christmas special, but not an Eid special. That's just the BBC for you, I guess. Like I would love to see someone make an Eid special show like say spongebob making a an eid centric episode or say the simpsons because bart simpson does have a muslim friend see them having an eid centric sh- show where they focus on eid and how that is handled and how 
you know, how that plays out in terms of how Ned would react. Because obviously you have a very Christian person and then you have a Muslim family. I wonder how that would react in a show like The Simpsons. It's just something that you wonder half the time. Because I literally don't see anything covering it. I see social media posts on Twitter, but you don't really see a lot of shows or movie around it. That's very apparent in the West. In the West, Western media doesn't really cover it into a lot in TVs or movies. And it is rather annoying that my religion's ho- my religious holiday isn't really being presented in a lot of these shows or anything. And I don't really expect it to be expected because a lot of these production studios and everything don't really have a lot of Muslim workers in there because of these stereotypes and racism and stuff like that. But, you know, I kind of wish it was there, but you're not really going to... It's not really going to happen. I know that's a fact. It is sad, though, that, you know, he doesn't really cover it as much. And a lot of my friends... Like, they only knew about Eid because my schools had a very high Muslim population and that's why they covered it. If you don't, if you're a Muslim and you're from, say, an area which isn't very highly up there in the Muslim population, you're not, they're not going to cover it. Or they're not going to talk about Islam that much or anything. And that's weird, especially, because my primary school was very Christian-oriented. But we had a high Muslim population. So they made Muslims do Christian prayer and songs. And that's kind of weird. Like they couldn't do two holidays. Like it was either focused on Eid or Christmas, but they wouldn't do both. Like, why? I'm going on a right old tangent, but Eid isn't really much covered, like I said. Um, when you get into high school, then it's briefly mentioned they briefly do a bit on islam but they don't really do much on islam they do focus a bit more on black lives matter and stuff like that which the only way you can focus on islam in there is through muhammad ali and malcolm x who i look up to i really look up to malcolm x and muhammad ali when it comes to islam there's not really a lot of muslims out there that i see you know showing everyone this is how we celebrate um, Eid this is our tradition this is how we will bring you into our world you don't really see that a lot especially in the Muslim community I don't really see it a lot you don't see say YouTubers like Adam Salah um, bring them in it's not Adam Salah is it Adam Salah is a footballer <laughs> but you don't really I don't really see a lot of Muslim YouTubers at all I don't see YouTube recommending me a Muslim YouTuber. Like, that's one thing that I think is a problem, is representation is definitely a problem within the religion. Like, yeah, you have Zayn Malik, but I don't see, like, companies like Netflix or YouTube or Amazon Prime Video, like, making a contract with him to, you know, see how Eid for him would work you know I don't see them reaching out to say Nadia Hussein who is a brilliant cook and making an Eid special with her like she did the BBC did make a series where she goes back to Bangladesh but that's it you don't really see a lot and that's a problem I think with the media and Islam is that in terms of representation we don't really get a lot um the BBC has done some which was movies like East is East West is West Citizen Khan we done they've done some um there's some representation of certain shows but it oftentimes it's stereotypical very stereotypical I think the only um when it comes to anime the only one that I can think of that doesn't do it like a very stereotypical interpretation of people from, you know, Islam is that uh, Jojo Bizarre Adventures. That's the only show that comes, show slash manga that comes to mind, which portrays Muslims as average people. You know, it's just different culture. That's it. Like they portray them in such a normal way, whereas say shows like Twenty Four presents them as more of a ter- stereotypical terrorist.
and that's something that's weird to me. Like, YouTube does have a Muslim ambassador for the UK, Hamza. They have Hamza, the person who did Diary of a Badman, as a YouTube ambassador, but they don't really show that as much in the in the UK. Like, I don't think someone like KSI knows about Hamza. You know, I don't think someone like him, someone like KSI knows about him, even though he's a YouTube ambassador. And that's, that's a problem with YouTube in itself, that they don't really talk a lot about their ambassadors, which they really should. But what are you going to do? Netflix does have Hassan Minhaj, a brilliant Muslim comedian, who has his own show on Netflix, but the main problem I have with companies like Netflix and others is that they don't really focus a lot on Islam, right? Like, the um, the biggest thing to do with Islam that has happened with Netflix is the Who Killed Malcolm X documentary, and I'm glad that they reopened that case. But I think that's the only one that comes up. Like we don't really talk about Malcolm X a lot when it comes to Black Lives Matter. We always focus on Martin Luther King. They don't really focus a lot on Muhammad Ali and his um, fight against racism. They don't focus on uh, Malcolm X and his fight against racism. It's always Martin Luther King. And I I wonder sometimes why that is. Because bef- a lot of the moves that happened, a lot of the big ones, like Black-owned businesses, that was because of Malcolm X. Because of Malcolm X, Black people managed to open up businesses and stuff like that. I think the problem is is the way the media the media interprets um, people of Islam. Definitely, I think the most positive one is definitely Muhammad Ali. Because you don't, everyone knows him as the the greatest boxer around who is Muslim, right? That's all we know about him. But when it comes to other celebrities who are Muslim, they don't really focus on it. A lot of those celebrities don't talk about their religion because they know how the media would represent them. They won't focus on, say, um, like, I know one problem is that, you know, they may focus more on the religion than the person, but in some aspects that is helpful, especially for Muslim youth, like, everyone knows who Muhammad Ali is, the greatest boxer around. But the fact that he's Muslim is oftentimes not brought up, and I think sometimes that needs to be brought up sometimes. Malcolm X especially. I think we need to talk more about Malcolm X and how Islam has affected him. Because if you look into Malcolm X's history and his life, you would know that before Islam, he was very, he was very much a criminal, right? He was someone that, you know, isn't great. He was a pimp, a drug dealer, you know, he was all the bad things. And then when he came into prison and then found Islam, he became very, a lot more of a role model. He was more elegant. He was more, he was very good with his words. And I definitely think that Islam freeze people in a lot of cases but I think it's the way that we as a society, a society need to handle it is a problem we need to handle it a lot more easier because when it comes to Islam a lot of people treat Muslims as mutants from X-Men it's something that I've noticed a lot is that the way people treat Muslims now is very much like mutants from x-men it's very weird a lot of the connections i can see now like the way saying uh almost like terrorists like it's something in in terms of the x-men would be all mutants are monsters or something like that you know there's certain connections that i've been making when it comes to the x-men and i think those kind of relations now is something that needs to be focused on a bit more. How many Muslim characters do you know? How many? What? Miss Marvel from Obviously Marvel? You know, the new one is Muslim. Okay. DC has one 
Muslim Green Lantern, that, but they don't really show it a lot. They don't really put them in the movies or anything. At least Marvel's bringing Miss Marvel into the shows, um, got games and eventually the movies, but they don't really show them a lot. Another problem is that a lot of them are American. Like, I know that these are American-based companies, but I think they should focus more, a little bit more on, say, Muslims or other characters from different countries. How many British characters are there? How many Italian characters are there? How many French characters are there? How many Middle Eastern are there? How many Japanese are there? How many Chinese characters are there? How many Vietnamese characters are there? Interpretation in terms of Islam is very slim. We don't really have a lot of characters. We don't really have a lot of people focusing on that. If they do make a Captain Marvel, or not Captain Marvel film, um, a Miss Marvel film, I would love them to actually have it on Eid, like have the events happen on Eid, because then it's showing the, it's happening on a religious holiday, which will edu- educate a lot of the kids, but it will also raise up the stakes, because, you know, Eid is when a lot of the Muslims, families, and all them will come together, and then you have the problem of, you know, one of the core aspects of the character Miss Marvel is her trying to become a good, good Muslim, but also try to become a good superhero. That was a drop for today. Convo Drop is on Twitter for you to follow at Convo Drop C O N V O D R O P. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Castbox, Google Podcasts, Overcast. Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Spotify, and not to mention Anchor. Production for this podcast is done through Anchor, which is the easiest way to make a podcast with just your phone. Now, that's all for today, and I hope you liked today's episode, and I'll see you in the next one. Peace.